The speaker wore his usual uniform of faded black Timberland sweatshirt and jeans, but his London audience was all tailored suits and double-cuff shirts. But as James Montier finished explaining why money should not be equated with happiness, the equity and bond traders rose to their feet in applause. Montier is an economist and a global equity strategist from London who has become known in the big money world as the prophet in pinstripes. For years, he made millionaires into multimillionaires with his investment strategies. And in the process, he became rather rich himself. And then one day, he looked around at his world, at his clients, at himself, And he asked one simple question, with all this money that promised to make us all deliriously happy, why are so many of us so sad? Divorce, broken families, addiction, even suicide remain common, perhaps even intensified in his world. And so he did something radical. He took a break from investing, took about a million dollars, and commissioned a study on human happiness. After extensive research of people and cultures around the world, Montier learned that, believe it or not, our happiness is comprised in three very simple containers. And one of these containers will absolutely floor you. Today on Rethink This, we talk about Jim Carrey, the prophet in pinstripes, and human happiness. Welcome to Rethink This, Episode 6. My name is Blaine Bartell. And, oh, this is going to be good. But first of all, friends, one of the primary ways that we're able to do the things that we do is through our wonderful tribe of monthly partners. It's really because of their generosity that we're able to provide coaching intervention to pastors who are caught in the addictive web of pornography, some of them affairs, some of them all kinds of brokenness. But we, we do that at absolutely no cost to them, nothing. So we literally give our services away to church leaders. And we also give away literally hundreds of our books every year. Just the other day, I was speaking at a men's event in Minnesota. There were 50 guys that had attended from an addiction recovery center. Nearly every single one of them came up for prayer at the end, and each of them were given our book at no cost. So you can help make moments like that happen in the coming year. So I want you to prayerfully consider supporting us monthly, maybe $25, maybe 50, maybe a hundred. You know what you can do, whatever the Lord puts in your heart. And if you're a pastor, would you think about joining 10 other churches that are currently supporting us out of their annual missions budget? That gift helps us transform lives forever. And here's what I'm gonna do for you. Anyone that partners monthly with us for any amount this month of February, I'm going to give you one complimentary hour of life coaching on my online platform. 
We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Career, launching a dream project, marriage, church growth, resurrection out of an addiction, whatever you feel like you need guidance with. Simply go to BlaineBartel.com, click on the partner uh, word at the top right corner, and you'll see the monthly partner tab at the bottom. And uh, get involved. Be a part of this. Can't wait to connect with you. Thank you for that. Today we talk about happiness. James Montier studied happiness. In fact, as I said in the open, he commissioned this this study, and it's called officially the Psychology of Human Happiness. You can find it on the internet. And he found out that happiness is comprised in three very simple containers. And I want you to imagine three containers. Container number one, he said 50% of individual happiness comes in this container, and it is our genetic set point. So that just simply means that each of us have a predisposed level of human happiness. Some of us are naturally more inclined to be cheery, and some of us not so much. And so some of you are Tigger and you're bouncing around and you just feel like you're kind of naturally full of this happiness energy. And then some of you are more like Eeyore and your container's a little bit lower. So most of us are probably somewhere in the middle. So that's 50% of where our, our, our happiness comes from, according to this study. The, uh, the next 40%, the, the next container is derived from intentional activity or discrete and purposeful practices that an individual chooses to do. So there's the 50% bucket, if you will, of genetic happiness. There's the 40% bucket of intentional activity that an individual chooses that can bring them happiness. And get ready for the bombshell, my friends. And it is going to blow up our American notion of happiness because here's the third container. 10% of our happiness is due to our circumstances right now. Our age, race, gender, personal history, wealth, cars, houses, positions, job titles, all of that circumstantial stuff in our world accounts for one-tenth of our human happiness. And here is where so many of us have lived. This is where I have lived in the past for years and years and years. Listen to this. We are spending 100% of our time and energy pursuing a container that only has the ability to yield 10% of our happiness and joy. Is it any wonder the United States is at its highest suicide rate right now in 50 years? More people in our country right now are dying from suicide than homicide. We're killing ourselves more than we're killing each other. The great Canadian psychologist, Jim Carrey, (laughs) who's one of my favorite people, because he is a Canadian and so am I. He said this, I hope everyone could get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so that they will know it's not the answer. You know, as humans, we plan for the future 
And we eventually want to structure our lives in such a way that we're happy both now and later. And how do we really know, though, in the future what will bring us happiness? How do we know this thing that we buy, that we do, this job that we get will truly make us happy? We really don't. In fact, we're surprisingly bad at predicting what will bring us joy. The problem is what some call impact bias, a tendency to overestimate the pleasure impact of a future event. Or we could put it like this. The things we think will make us happy usually don't make us as happy as we think they will. Winning the lottery isn't a panacea. Having an affair with that sexy super co-worker is never as thrilling as you imagine. And then there's this. Something as dramatic as being confined to a wheelchair isn't necessarily the end of the world. One of the happiest young men that I know is a good friend of mine at my home church. His name is Sean Lewis, and he's confined to a wheelchair with cerebral palsy. He grew up in my youth ministry and was the first one to reach me after the service every Wednesday night with a testimony of all Jesus was doing in his life every week, always smiling, full of this contagious joy. And in the years and years that I've known Sean, and I still know him today as a young man now, I've never heard him complain. You know what? Today's a motivational speaker. He's living his dreams in his amazing state-of-the-art Super cool. Hydrophonic wheelchair. It's an amazing wheelchair. But I just love that this young man is a happy young man. Several years ago, when I was suffering from an insurmountable depression, I began reading the Gospels to see what Jesus said about happiness. And here's what I found out he said. Nothing. The word happy didn't even come up once in his red letters, preaching, teaching, or conversations. And then one day I returned to Matthew 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. By the way, my favorite sermon ever. It was his first sermon, the first time, really, when you think about it, that God had directly communicated with humankind in several thousand years. Surely, you know, it's important, right? Like, this is God's first time to speak to all of us in thousands of years. I mean, he's used burning bushes and tablets from mountains and fires by night and clouds by day and prophets. But now it was time for him to speak clearly and directly to the known world for the first time since the Garden of Eden. And he began with nine radical statements that we call the Beatitudes. Not going to read them all, but here's a few. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those that mourn, they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, well, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, and they will obtain mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. On and on, he talks about this life of Jesus, this blessed life of peacemaking and mourning and being meek and having a, a poor spirit. And so you read these, and I had read these hundreds and hundreds of times in my many, many years of following Jesus, but I failed to understand the blessedness that Jesus promise, 
promises, the Beatitudes, if you will. The Greek translators didn't know what to do with that word, blessed. You know, it's uh, quite a Christian word today. We don't, you know, have a lot of secular people use the word blessed or blessed. We use it a lot in the church. But it's really not a Christian-rooted word. In fact, Greek translators didn't know what to do with this Greek word called makarios, which was a word for blessed. It was a word that the Greeks used for, quote, the ecstasy of the gods, unquote. The ecstasy of the gods, this makarios quality. You see, they had these gods, all the Greeks did, and they believed that the gods lived in this ultimate panacea ecstasy, this nirvana that humans could never attain. The closest English word that early translators could find for Makarios was happy. But they knew that that word did not even come close to describing what Makarios really meant. They felt that happy was too trivial, too lightweight, too small. And so they chose this word, blessed. Jesus said that we are blessed or that we can engage and somehow come up to the ecstasy of God, the the joy of God, the amazing happiness, if you will, of God by daring to move into meekness, mourning with those that are broken, peacemaking where there's division, on and on. Theologian William Barclay put it like this, Makarios describes that joy which has its secret within itself, that joy which is serene and untouchable and self-contained, that joy which is completely independent of all chances and all changes in life. He said human happiness is something which life may give and which life may destroy. But Christian Makarios, Christian blessedness is completely untouchable and unassailable. So Jesus put it like this, the happy ecstasy in life is not found in money, material things, or in a smart little life mantra. It's found in intentionality every day in giving our life away, showing mercy, peacemaking, bringing a meek and humble spirit into every relationship, enduring the tough and tribulation times. So how can we live the intentional Jesus life every day? A life of selfless sacrifice. I can tell you where it started with me. I dared to take me out of the center and put others in that place. And it was hard, even exasperating at times and continues to be. But I had to do it. I had to do it in every relationship in my life, my wife, my children, my colleagues, my friends, and worst of all, my enemies. And it took some time to begin to live this entirely new life. It was like learning to walk again, and I'm still learning it. But this Jesus life is amazing. And I can look you in the eye today, and I can tell you unequivocally, I've never lived with greater joy than I live with today. You know, I live in a modest home. I drive a VW Beetle. (laughs) I live in relative obscurity in contrast to my past pursuit of position and celebrity. But guess what? 
I'm more happy than I've ever been. And I'm not against stuff. I'm not against position. I'm not even against celebrity. That happens. When you do things, people notice, and sometimes people applaud and, you know, want to put you on a pedestal. I get all that. But I just want you to know that that's not where we are going to find our hope and our joy and our contentment. If you're suffering today, my friend, with a steady stream of unhappiness, know this. Jesus has given you a personal invitation to his blessedness, a God-like joy that is neither circumstantial or self-destructive, and you are not alone. But don't suffer in silence. If you're hurting, if you're broken, if you got some stuff on the inside you don't know what to do with, reach out. Begin to give your life away. And may God grace you, even in this moment, to fall into the loving arms of your Savior, who helps us all to live beyond ourselves for the greater good of the gospel, this good news, this great news, that Jesus is truly alive in our lives. Grace and peace. Thank you for joining us today on Rethink This. Want to contact Blaine? Learn more about his coaching? Give him a piece of your mind? Invite him to speak or just say hello? He'd love to hear from you. His email is bbartell99 at gmail.com or simply go to blainebartell.com. Two final things. Would you take a moment to rate and review this podcast and then spread the word with your friends and colleagues? We thank you. See you next time.